our mission is to help these awesome digitally native challenger brands sell more, right? Right. And become more empowered and own their customer. Uh, We really think that's important and really cool. We're super bought in. You're listening to Real Marketing Real Fast, the only podcast that brings you unfiltered, undaunted, insider information on the latest tools and technologies for online marketers. Prepare to dive deep into marketing myths, breakthrough models, and cutting-edge strategies that will have an immediate impact on the growth of your business. And now, here's your host, marketing expert, Doug Morneau. Well, welcome back, listeners, to another episode of Real Marketing Real Fast. Today, we are going to talk about risk-free in your advertising. So a commission-based agency that will go out there and spend money talking about your products, your services, your brand, and they don't get paid unless they generate sales. So my guest today in studio to uh, kind of dive into this and reveal how, how they're making this work for their clients is Cooper Harris. Now, she is a a California-based entrepreneur. She is the founder and the CEO of a company called Clickly. It is a data-driven impulse payment platform that uh, powers headless e-commerce. So they have emerged as a pivotal figure in the West Coast tech scene here. Cooper has been nominated uh, for Google's Young Innovation Awards, uh, L'Oreal's Digital Woman of the Year, and she won Information Age is um, Women in IT, as well as Entrepreneur of the Year and named by Adobe as a top thought leader at Keynes. Cooper is a uh, favorite speaker at international summits, including CES, Keynes Lions, Shop Talk, SXSW, Sundance, uh, Los Angeles Tech Week, London Tech Conference, and more speaking on the advances of e-commerce in retail, fintech, and fostering women in uh, STEM and disrupting the status quo about technology and innovation. We had a great conversation. I think you're really going to enjoy this show. There's lots of information here. So I'd like you to join me in welcome. Cooper Harris to the Real Marketing Real Fast podcast today. So, hey, Cooper, super excited to have you on the show today. So, welcome to the Real Marketing Real Fast podcast. Thanks, Doug. I'm super excited to be here. Well, there were so many things in your background that that uh, piqued my interest, and uh, obviously, the big, most important one is how you guys are helping companies uh, to increase their revenue um, yeah. through through your system, but also the the wonderful places that you've lived. Uh, a couple of my <laughs> favorite cities to visit: Santa Monica and um, or and. Yeah. Um, New York. So welcome to the show. Why don't you give us a little bit of background, a little oversight on what you're doing and how you're helping people? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I, uh, as you know, and maybe the listeners don't, I am uh, currently obsessed with tech. I did not start here. I started as an actor on film and TV. Um, But then I got kind of obsessed and interested in technology and how it changes the world. So this is my second tech company. It is called Clickly. Clickly is spelled with a K. And uh, we are a SaaS platform that helps over, well over a thousand brands now um, promote to the right consumer in the right uh, channel at the right time with the right product, right? So advertising. But we do it in a really different way. So rather than just show that consumer cool pictures, we actually show them viable ad units from which they can actually purchase 
Uh, and then we do that on a purely performance basis for our brands. So we're actually, we call it being commission-based. So when we help a brand drive a sale, we make a commission. And if we don't drive sales, we don't make money. So that's a a very, um, I mean, it's aggressive kind of standpoint, but we wanted to be completely aligned with our brands. And that's the platform we've uh, we've built. Well, that's really cool. I mean, that's not usually the case in sales and marketing. Um, I'm sure you've run into the same experience that I have. You talk to people and they're, hey, I spent money on this. Didn't work. Spent money on this. Didn't work. And the, the, you know, the the key phrase there is they spent money um, and then hope they were going to get a result or the SaaS provider or the consultant was going to deliver what they promised. Yes. Oh, yeah. I mean, but can you also like if we take a step back and we just look at the business model for what is normally advertising, it's like these platforms are saying, hey, pay us a ton of money and then TBD, what will happen? We'll see if we can do anything. That's a hilarious business model. Like, Really? <laughs> well, at least in digital, we can measure a little bit closer. I mean, yeah. I remember when we used to be buying print and the advertising reps answer was what you need is frequency and reach. I said, no, what I need are sales. So, you know, I will agree to your contract if you'll agree to keep running it until we get ROI. Yep, exactly. That's so we point. know where that conversation ends. It's like, no, we don't do that. It's like, yeah, well, I guess we're not sending you money either. <laughs> exactly. And that's that's exactly why we started quickly. We're obviously now in an age and a world where everything is digital and we can measure it all. And given that we are um, longstanding deep experts in technology, I had the idea with my um, engineers. I was like, why don't we just take all this data, put in some machine learning and use, you know, data backed insights to actually go after the right person with the right thing at the right time and be so aligned with the brand that we can only, you can afford to only charge them when we actually drive a sale. So that, that was the whole, um, kind of gist of why we started quickly for sure. Well, I haven't seen a platform like yours, so I'm super excited to be able to dive into this. So do you want to share a success story with us uh, of a client and then we'll come back to how does your how does your platform work and perform and how do you help the brands to achieve this? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, a, a lot of um, a lot of our clients have success stories and it can vary what success looks like. We have a small brand who came on and just kind of wanted to get a very conservative, you know, 4x return. They actually this is one thing I should point out, Doug, our brands set whatever return they want. So they actually set the commission themselves and Theoretically, if somebody wanted to come on and set a 1% commission, they could, but we wouldn't show their products much um, <laughs> and not very incentivizing. But um, this small client, you know, they were brand new. They came on. They were like, we want a 4X return. They set the corresponding commission and we went to work and we were able to like, I think, quadruple their sales in a couple months. And they were just using us, right? Now, that's not necessarily what I recommend for a more established, larger brand, but that was something that worked for them. We were so excited, uh, excited to help. The other side of the spectrum is you get these very sophisticated, big companies who want to add us to their marketing stack. And that works too. So we had a, um, a very premium, let's say organic health, um, centric superfood product on our platform. And they got super aggressive with their commission and they grew like, I think 30 X in six months, not just using us, but as, as one of the key drivers. And I was incredibly excited with that, you know, that return on ad spend of, of, um, you know, three X, which is a super nice return. Yeah. I mean, that's amazing. I mean, who, who wouldn't do that to scale up their business? I mean, I've heard one person say, Hey, if I, you know, for every dollar you gave me, if I gave you $3 back, you know, how much would you give me? It's like, yeah, pretty much unlimited amount of money. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty simple model to understand. It is. So are there 
products or services? Um, like, give us a, an idea of what types of you know clients mm-hmm. and industries that you work in. So we are currently what we call invite only, and it sounds all exclusive, and and it's really just a practical um, kind of thing that we've had to undertake. Which, which you know, I, when you say you're a commission based advertising platform, pretty much most brands are curious, <laughs> they're interested, um, and we we can only accept certain brands because of various parameters. And we want to make sure it's a good fit. But folks that work really well on our platform are anything that's in the kind of consumable verticals, right? And keep in mind, everything is obviously e-commerce, right? They think that's a given. All these direct-to-consumer brands that are pushing consumables from coffee to fitness products to awesome protein powders, amazing. We also have a ton of verticals like, you know, fashion, accessories, shoes, all of that works very well. And then we have fitness and outdoor gear and yoga and even like fishing, (laughs) fishing stuff. We have about 48 categories that perform very well on our platform, but I'll tell you what doesn't work well. We had, and I wish we could have worked with them because I'm Southern and this would have been funny, but like a tractor company came to us and, and tried to um, sell their like tractor uh, accessories. And for whatever reason, our algorithms aren't attuned to to folks who need tractor accessories. So, <laughs> so that one didn't work well. Um, yeah. And anything B2B, of course, we, we actually can't touch because our algorithms are tuned to consumer behavior. Well, that's really neat. I mean, I I uh, had interviewed a guy by the name of Christopher Lockhead. I don't know if you know or have heard of him. And he... He's a really big data guy. You should probably connect with him. He's now living just, uh, I think, a little bit north of you in Santa Clara. Canadian guy, worked as a CMO uh, for a whole bunch of Silicon Valley startups, pretty much retired now, um, but huge, huge uh, on data and using data. Um, so I'm sure you guys would get along and mm-hmm. he'd probably be a great, uh, a great guy to, to connect Amazing. with. Amazing. Absolutely. Very cool. So uh, consumer brand. So now walk us through how the process works. So I'm a consumer brand. I have this new, like the world needs yet another protein powder, uh, but uh, <laughs> a tongue in cheek. I mean, I've tried just about every product that's out there. So anyhow, I've got a new, I've got a new uh, product I want to bring to market. And yeah. so um, I somehow get invited or get connected with you guys, go through a demo and you say, Hey, we're a fit. So what yeah. happens after that? Yeah. So basically, um, they would, you know, express interest. We'd have that first call. We establish it's a fit. And then the actual process to get live is very fast. Uh, we, we have made it about a 15 minute process to get completely live and it doesn't require any dev work at all. You don't have to have a coder. There are no (laughs) pixels. There is no integration. Um, the reason is that we, we do it all ourselves on the back end, uh, because we recognize like brands shouldn't, don't need to be technical wizards. Sometimes they are, but usually they're not. And putting a bunch of like implementation work for them is just extra cost that they don't want to spend. Right. So, so they can jump on quickly. We give them the install link. They sign up two seconds, maybe give or take to sign up and create an account. The second step is uploading or choosing the products that they want us to promote. We actually ingest the products um, automatically from like the Shopify, the Magento, whatever platform they're on. And then they choose the products they want us to promote. We auto-generate creatives for them. And then the third step is simply they choose that commission. Again, technically, it can be anything from 1% to 100% commission. And, uh, you know, accordingly, we'll promote them to a greater or lesser extent. But they choose that commission and they push launch. And then that's, that's really it. So when you said you auto-generate the the creatives, do you want to just, uh, you know, explain that a little bit, expand on that? 
Yeah, you know, um, we are super conversion focused. So we really want to show the right product, the right person at the right time. Um, we know it converts in our ecosystem, at least. And so since we're the ones taking on the risk, we uh, auto-generate those creatives. So very similar to a PLA ad in Google that might be auto-generated as an yep. example. Yep. Okay. Cool. Um, now, you said that the, the 15 minutes, I mean, I still can't get over the 15 minutes. I spend typically more time than that going through uh, going through the, the contract and the NDA and all the other stuff. So... <laughs> How much tech do these guys have to have? So they're got to be, I'm assuming, an established business. They've got to have yep. a shopping cart. They have to have some track record of sales yep. in the past. Correct. Yeah, That's yeah. exactly right. Um, yes, because here's the um, <laughs> the kind of downside, if there is one, of using like machine learning and, and data. If you don't have some sales data or some indicators there of who likes to buy this brand's products. You know, you can't build a predictive model to understand who you should go target across the web for them. So if I don't have data, just like if anyone's ever done um, Facebook, you, you know that if your audience is too small, it will say learning forever and it, you won't be able to scale. Yeah. That's kind of similar with us. You know, we do need about at least 30,000 data points a month to be able to build a predictive model. Again, super small brand, um, either $30,000 worth of sales or 30,000 site visitors or whatever that is. But once you hit that, you know, kind of level, then you're you're good to go. Okay. Yeah. That's what I was going to ask was how much data. Cause I know, I know now there's, you know, using, uh, getting access to data, even as a third party, not using your, your app, I can, I can upload that sort of, um, that, those sort of data points and I can get a huge report of exactly, you know, who mm -hmm. these people are, what all yeah. their online habits are. So that's very cool. Yeah. Well, here's, but again, just to be completely transparent, because it's kind of interesting if anyone's interested in data and how all of this works, like you, we don't have people sitting back behind quickly, like making these like intelligent human decisions, right? It is a machine and it is an engine. So the, so you can't make like intelligent human assumptions and jumps. As an example, if I have a brand new um, protein powder company that has had, let's say five all-time sales ever, right? I, as a relatively intelligent person, could say, oh, maybe the type of person who would be interested in protein, this protein powder would, would want X, Y, and Z, right? But we're a scalable platform and we have to, you know, we offer this service to thousands of brands. So I, I can't have the Cooper looking at it, making human assumptions, right? My machine, when I point my algorithms at, you know, the old protein powder, who's had five sales ever, they're just going to be super confused and be like, I cannot make a data model out of these five data points, right? It doesn't work. Right. Now, do you provide any insight and feedback to the brands and companies working with you um, as you're learning? I mean, obviously, you, yeah. you know, you've got a proprietary system. Uh, you're doing this, all the risks on you. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. what sort of information would I get as a, as a, as a brand that, you know, sticking the protein powder, you, you know, I've got the 30,000 data points. Um, you put this in your system. I'm assuming you're going to have a lot more data um, at your fingertips and, and analysis of that data than my team's going to have. Yes and no. We aren't uh, an agency at all. In fact, a lot of agencies actually use us within their tech stacks and platforms that they service for their um, their clients. Okay. So we're just the tech platform. We aren't behind the scenes like looking at things and making optimizations for the most part. It is literally an algorithm that uses its own learning to make decisions. So we know basically as much as the brand knows when all of the data is then exposed. And we do try to show, you know, 
the learnings to our brands. We want them to have that data. So here's what they'll get. They'll see on the homepage, like that basic stuff, spend, returns, what that ROAS is, um, the number of views, clicks, all of that. We show like the top 10 sites they've been seen on. And those, that could be anything from like Vogue to L to ESPN to whatever. Um, you know, we'll show them in a in our performance tab. We'll show like a whole, you know, deep dive of like how many clicks they're getting, how many, you know, how it's like touch points from first uh, engagement to conversion, touch points from last engagement to conversion, all these cool like extra um, things we will show them. And we show them like top geos and all that good stuff. Well, it's interesting because, I mean, you're looking at it from a consumer centric point of view. You're looking at the individual. And <laughs> I often have that conversation. I sat up with somebody yesterday. I said, hey, why don't you imagine what your customer does from the moment they wake up to the moment they go to bed nice. and try to just imagine, do they do they commute? How far do they listen to podcasts? Do they listen to radio? Like, where are all mm-hmm. the touch points? Mm-hmm. And as, as a marketer, we're often trying to make decisions based on um, assumptions. My my yeah. customer is X. They're this old. They're, they're married. They're single. They've got kids. They don't have kids. These are their mm-hmm. hobbies. And then I'm going to a brand um, and I'm buying an ad on their site and mm-hmm. serving that ad up. And you're saying, I don't really care where they are. Um, if they if they show intent to buy that type yeah. of product, we're going to serve them the ad and sell them the product. Yep. Yeah, exactly. For the most part, I think, I mean, that's very much our take, right? And because as you pointed out, we are paying for the ads up front. The brand actually doesn't pay a cent until we start driving sales. So uh, so we have to be very uh, confident that we're going to hit people who are actually going to go and, you know, have intent or going to purchase. And, and so that's how, you know, that's how we work. But then we actually don't, there's certain, um, I would say certain channels that we actually don't cover that the brand just covers themselves. And that's just because we haven't built out a robust um, Facebook practice yet. So for the most part, we're actually not on Facebook, which brands like because most of them have got that nailed already. What they need is kind of the rest of the web. And that's really where we play. But yeah, then once we get all those data points, we just surface them to the brand because we don't care. They can take those and use them in other marketing campaigns or to inform what they're doing. Yeah. So um, different question just kind of popped into my mind as you're explaining how you're doing that. So would you consider yourself, um, you know, or the service that you offer through Clickly uh, an alternative to um, listing your product on Amazon? <laughs> oh, what a loaded question, Doug. Um, look. <laughs> well, I, I'm, assu- I'm assuming you're going to say yes, but I want to hear what you have um, to say. Look, so our mission is to help these awesome digitally native challenger brands sell more, right? Right. And become yeah. more empowered and own their customer. Uh, we really think that's important and really cool. We're super bought in. So by just virtue of our mission, you know, we want these brands to own the relationship and own the customer. You could yeah. say that we might be an additional nice um channel to Amazon, right? Because Amazon is going to own that customer for you. And Amazon's an incredibly powerful and great uh, marketplace. I would say be there, but a lot of, so one major risk I see right now, of course, is, and everyone knows this, but brands are just way overly dependent on Amazon, right? Yeah. They don't own their customer. Amazon owns them. And that's all well and good till they start popping up competitive products to yours and underpricing you and putting you out of business. So. 
Well, and that's what I was thinking. I'm not, I'm not suggesting that that's, you know, there's only one way, but, you know, yeah. being that they own the relationship, not only do they own the relationship, um, they will often, you know, get into that business if you provide enough data showing there's an opportunity oh, yeah. there. It's like, hey, look at this. I've identified this huge market. So, you yeah, know, I this huge market. Yeah, that's right. For this new, yeah. these new grasshopper protein powders. So, hey, guess mm-hmm. what? Now there's four other brands that show up mm-hmm. um, to compete with you. Yep, exactly. And we will never do that. That is not in our roadmap ever. Like we don't want to be in the business of popping up brands that compete with our merchants. That's insane. Like, yeah, definitely not. So can you share with us um, some of how people um, qualify? Like what are the main things that you're looking for when, you know, you're considering taking on a brand or if you're working with an agency, I'm guessing they're kind of pre-vetting, they're pre-vetting clients. And once they establish a relationship, it's probably a little bit easier uh, process on your side. Yeah, it is actually. And and one of our main, um, certainly one of our main kind of adoption channels is through agencies, but we work with a ton of brands directly. And and what makes a great brand for Clickly and vice versa, what makes Clickly a great fit for a brand is a brand who is, um, you know, getting over those 30,000 site hits a month or $30,000 a month. We just need those data points to do anything for you um, purely for the data piece. Then we want to see, we want to work with brands that are, um, you know, ideally fast growing, obviously, but, or at least want to be right. Who want to get aggressive and get in there and grow fast. Um, and we want to work with brands typically that fall into those 48 categories that we talked about. Really, that's almost any like normal e-commerce product where we can't help brands is again, if they're B2B or honestly, if they are in certain, um, just like no, no categories, we can't touch weapons. We can't touch, um, you know, um, I don't know, really political groups. We don't touch. Um, well, I was just, I just wrote that. You meant, no. I thought maybe you're overlooking, looking at my notes. I just wrote a question <laughs> asking that was any restrictions. And I was thinking, yeah, I'm assuming that all the no, no brands. I mean, so yeah. there's a bunch that I don't not need to mention. Uh, but I was thinking more things like CBD. That's, yeah. that's, that's off limits for, for, for Google, Facebook, all the social platforms. Mm-hmm. And there's a number of products that are there. So um, are those open? Are you guys open for business uh, for those types of brands? Um, so the answer is yes and no. Uh, it's kind of an annoying um, two-sided answer, which I know that the, you know CBD brands get all the time. We can work with some and we can't work with others. So if it's hemp-derived, we can usually work for you. Um, if it is a very, let's say, pot-centric branding where you have the five-leaf marijuana plant front and center, <laughs> very 420, shall we say, it, we yeah. can't. And the reason is because that visual alone will flag it with our partners, you know, okay. yeah. Yeah. And, and they're not into it. So we have an incredible company called Sagely Naturals, which is just great. They've exploded the last year. They're in like Walgreens and CVS now. Um, and my girlfriend started this company and we work well with them and they're a CBD product. So it just depends. Well, that's really cool. So where do you get pushback in the industry? I mean, you're, it sounds to me like you have created a category and you're going to disrupt some people. Um, so what sort of pushback are you getting as you guys are growing your own business? Yeah, I mean, certainly there is the um, the piece about not being able to work with tiny, tiny brands. We're just literally and physically not able to. It's a data constraint that we can't have anything, we can't have an impact on, right, currently. Um, so we get some flack for, like, not wanting to support the really tiny brands. And, and that's just, you know, we would love to. We don't have a strong enough machine learning model yet, but maybe in the future we will. So that's the first piece. 
In terms of like other platforms kind of looking askance at what we're up to, you know, we've certainly had a lot of the big players come calling being like, wait, how are you doing this? What are you doing? But I think for the most part, our positioning is very much yes and, meaning we want to be additive. We're a new channel. We don't want you to necessarily cut your other marketing spin if it's working for you. We just offer a new risk-free additional channel where if you want kind of a a guaranteed ROAS channel, you can add to what you're already doing. And I think that will remain our position. Uh, we definitely don't have the goal to be competitive and take over anyone else's ad spend at this time. That's really cool. Um, so you developed the company how many years ago now? Oh my gosh, three and a half, four years now. Three and a half. Yeah. But Doug, we spent a year and a half before we even launched, almost two years just building the tech. So it, it was, yeah. A big build. <laughs> What's amazing to me is I spend I spend every day, um, at least some time every day, looking for new technologies and, and mm -hmm. systems and platforms for my clients. And my kind of take on what I do is if they already know the answer, then I'm of no value to them. They just need to go buy it. Mm -hmm. And I'm always surprised when I have a chance to meet someone like yourself and look at your company and go like, holy smokes, this is so cool. Uh, you know, I, I think I'm in this space. I go to the right trade shows, hang out with the right people to kind of keep abreast of what's going on. And here's something brand new that um well it's not yeah. brand new but brand That's new to really me new. yeah 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 i mean we are pretty new we've been i think publicly launched for over a year and a half now we're over now we have you know thousands of the, the top e-commerce brands and and what's so disappointing is we're on this amazing role and i think we still are but you know we were we were slated to be like official speakers at shop talk this year yeah. and now we're gonna you know have a nice presence at uh begin to imagine it et cetera, et cetera. so of course now <laughs> those plans are not happening anymore but we definitely have um because we've been invite only, we worked really closely through a lot of agencies. We actually may not have as big of a brand presence as, um, you know, perhaps other folks. And yeah, we're still new. We definitely can invest more there. But yeah, I would say in a sense, we're like still under the radar. But I mean, that's not necessarily a bad thing. I mean, if you're in too, yeah. too much in the public eye and the public's not your audience, then you're going to get the wrong type of calls. And that's really just not going to mm. help your business. And it's not going to help the people calling you because they're not going to get what they're looking for either. That is a very astute uh, insight there. That's a good point. Well, I remember when we sponsored one of the NHL teams and people said, why would you do that? Um, you know, the fans aren't your business. I said, no, it's not the fans. It's the other sponsors. Mm, right. It's right. Best Buy. And it's all those are those are my customers, not it's not the person sitting sitting down and, you know, row 16, having a hot dog. Right, right, right. Necessarily. Right. It's the guy who's got the other suite beside us. Mm -hmm. Clever. Like that. Very cool. So what are you most excited about in the next six, eight, 12 months, the next year? <clears throat> Obviously you guys are on a, you know, you're tearing it up. Um, and I'm sure that this is just the beginning. I'm not, you're, you're not going to share anything proprietary, but you must have some stuff that's really keeping you awake at night and you're excited about. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, okay. So here's the thing that is most recently on my mind as of uh, this morning. Um, so I'm sure you watched the market today, or maybe you didn't. Um, but here in the States, as you know, we we had some hiccups. And yeah. I anticipate it will be peaky and a little weird or really, really freaking weird, one or the other, uh, over the next six months, right? Um, you know, we're we're at the at the brink of what could be just kind of choppy waters or something larger. And I think brands feel that right now and certainly know they know that consumers buying from them may have a little, uh, you know, upset here and there over the next 
period of time, whatever that is, six to 12 to more months. So what's really interesting, and also, of course, on the back of COVID for the you know Q2, we, we have seen a number of our brands, unfortunately, and I, I would never say this is a good thing because I, I think it's you know very tough for them, uh, but they've had to lay off folks, right? Yeah. And whether they're able to bring them back or not, I don't know. But as they've laid people off, um, I have seen brands need to take up platforms that are perhaps less risky, but are also automated. Because what they're trying to do is at least keep a core, um, core like skeleton team to keep the brand running, right? Which we all want. So why I think that's important is I think you will see platforms that that have an automated nature um, that require less resources and team members. I think you'll see a lot of that. So email, super strong. You can automate that. Clickly, you, I mean, again, shameless plug, but like one of the reasons we made it machine learning was so that you don't have to allocate any resources to it. You just set it and it runs. And I think that, you know, for better or worse, as people go to that skeleton crew, perhaps, hopefully not, but you know, you'll see, you'll see more and more adoption of those types of platforms. Well, and I, you know, to your point, I mean, the typically the, the VPs of marketing and the marketing teams are typically overworked. And the oh. last thing they want to see is yet one more platform. I do a ton of stuff in the email space yeah. and, and most of them have such a small amount of time to even develop to that one, that okay. one channel. So you have 50 other things. So what they don't okay. need is something new and they're just saying, Hey, guess what, Doug, I've got some, you know, I was at this conference. I, I, you know, I heard this person that heard Cooper speak and you're going to implement this. It's like, okay, just, just add it to the yeah. yeah, on the yeah. on the corner the corner of my desk. Yeah, but because you're going this direction, I want to ask you some you know just something else around creative. So um, about a year ago, we started testing a platform to run ads on Facebook using AI, mm. and and what was interesting was um, that it like like your system it create it did all the creatives, and what we mm. found was we got higher conversion rates at a lower cost and a lot less management. And I started thinking, what does that mean now for people in the creative design, creative writing business, where we might create, um, you know, a dozen different ads, run the ads manually, track the results manually. Now the computer is doing that. And I thought, well, I guess, you know, the ability is to take take those people and use their talent um, in a different platform. So how do you think what you guys are doing right now is going to impact the the, kind of the creative community as as you're you know, using AI and using machine learning? Well, look, I mean, you cannot, you can't get conversions if you don't have a well-built brand and a good brand voice and good branding. So if you don't have a website that sings and is beautiful, right? If you don't have product photos that are compelling and not pixelated, if you don't have those things and you haven't built the right tone even, right? we can't do anything for you, right? You won't get conversions. So that has to be, and I think will remain the the foundation and the basis of a strong brand, right? Yeah. Um, so so we will always need those folks to come up with that. I, I don't think we're close to that. At least computers aren't going to be able to do that for a little while yet. Yeah. <laughs> but, but in terms of then taking those assets and pulling from the site and pulling from the description, the copy that's already been written by them, and pr- using those in a way kind of to drop into templates and, you know, throw those around the web, that's kind of what we're doing. So definitely in some cases, um, you know, maybe they're not doing as much. They're just focusing less on the ads and more on the site 
maybe that's the mix up. Also, keep in mind, you still need storytelling. So people aren't going to buy your products if they haven't seen your story somewhere. So those yeah. video ads, those compelling story-based long form, you know, visually enhanced ads, all that still has to be there. Yeah. Yeah. Fair so, enough. And it was it wasn't a trick question. I wasn't picking no, no, on no. the creative stuff. Good, it was just yeah, it was just point. It's a yeah. really good point. And some people have said to us, well, doesn't your platform make agencies redundant? And I was like, maybe in like 100 years. But currently, agencies actually use us like they do with any of the best cutting edge technology to enhance their offering. We, sure. don't, have, we yeah. don't have any services at our, you know, at our um, company. So, so they use it to enhance theirs. Yeah. And that's what we do. And that's basically, you know, I'll let you know my secret. That's my that's my monetization strategy for my podcast is to meet and interview the smartest people in marketing technology to see who's a good fit for my clients. People yeah, go, what type of strategy is that? So <laughs> I just want to I just want to find out first um, yeah. and I want to see, you know, are they a good guest and, the, and do I like their company? Can I take this this person to my clients and say, I think we should implement this. So, um, yeah, I don't see it as a threat uh, to the agencies unless the agencies really want to still handhold and do everything manually, uh, which mm -hmm. well, we, we can't help them. That's just the way that mm -hmm. goes. Yeah. I don't think that'll last long. Just you, you have to, like you said, and, and I love that you're, you're using this as your kind of biz dev, like vetting, <laughs> vetting, um, funnel, if you will. But, yeah, I normally um, don't tell my guests that at the beginning, this is, a, <laughs> this is a 30 minute interview to see if I think you're a really good fit for my clients, but I also <laughs> want to make sure there's value for our listeners. <laughs> Absolutely. That's hilarious. I love it. But yeah, any agency that isn't being super cutting edge and trying at least to, to, you know, offer the latest platforms, I think won't, won't be an agency for long. So. So stealing uh, a question from Tim Ferriss, no, what, what's the bad advice that you hear as you're out um, speaking and meeting different groups around machine learning and AI in the advertising and marketing space? Oh, oh my no, God. I'm, I'm okay. not asking, not, no, no, don't, name, don't name brands or people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, so, so it's really interesting. There's, there's two kind of schools of thought around this, right? And, and don't get me wrong, ML, data, AI, all of that is super powerful. It's great. But, but there's this one camp that says, hey, let's just get it. Like, let's get the insights. Let's gather the machine learning. Let's, let's get the data. And then there's another camp that's perhaps a little more practical. That's like, great. So now that we've got this, like, let's also be a platform that can help people implement it. Because big, big brands, Fortune 500s, they can go buy all the data they want, but if you are a medium-sized company and you don't have the team to actually do anything with it, it's a little bit silly. Like it's a little bit of overkill. So one thing I've seen is a lot of these platforms out there that'll be like, we give you X, Y, Z, um, you know, insights, but the stuff they're showing is just like PhD level stuff, you know, and that's great. We have that too, but I think it is so much more powerful and empowering for brands to have a service or a platform that helps them actually use the data to do something and that something should probably be drive sales. Yeah, you're right. Um, I've sat, I've sat in those meetings and um, yeah, so it's great to have all the data, but the real question is why are you gathering the data? You're wasting yeah. your time. If you're not going to exactly. implement it or analyze it or look at what you're doing and try to find improvement, then, then why bother? Yep. It's really expensive. Um, yeah. It's like expensive way to get with the trends. 
Well, I think the other great thing is I, I remember when we started taste, our testing, uh, multivariant testing a long time ago, uh, when it first mm-hmm. started to come out and you're paying, you know, four or $5,000 a month for a platform mm-hmm. and having a discussion with a client um, in the service industry and saying, this is where, you know, this is where we're driving your business. And he went, no, I disagree. So what do you mean you disagree? Well, my customers aren't that sophisticated. It's like, this isn't a discussion. This is the data. Yeah, they, they actually are. Yeah. Yeah, this, this is the fact. No, no, I, my customers don't know those terms. They would never type that in a search. And it's like, okay. So, mm-hmm. I mean, your data clearly, I mean, your results take that that debate out of the question. And it also takes the, you know, with the multivariant testing, I don't care who's right, um, yeah. you know, who's creative wins. I just want the the right. winning creative to to get all the funding so we make more money. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of an emotionless, um, you know, automated result is, is better than an emotion filled, you know, yeah, no, e- no, ego, a very right? long time. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, uh, d- different question. Uh, who's one guest you think I absolutely have to have on my podcast? Oh, so I mentioned them earlier. Um, Sagely Naturals, this really high-end um, CBD, high-end yet accessible CBD-based um, pain relief brand. But I just love what they've done because they've taken kind of a, you know, a fringe vertical, right, uh, CBD, and made yep. it completely accessible. Their um, their audience is uh, baby boomer uh, women, wildly oh, enough. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And my, um, my friend Kerrigan started this company and she's built it to now they're like, I think the only CBD product in like Walgreens and CVS, it's pretty incredible. Um, they're like number one in the, I guess, retail drugstore CBD category. So I that's, think they're incredible. That's amazing. I will yeah. go look them up. Yeah. yeah. And then do you know Dr. Squatch in uh, Venice? I don't. They are incredible. So they, they perked along for like, I don't know, three, four, five years. And then suddenly, I think a year and a half ago, they like started trying to scale and they make soap, by the way. And they just exploded. It's absolutely bonkers. They are like, I I won't quote any numbers, but I, I think they are like maybe 20x what they were last year. And they're, they're a large company. It's just incredible. And they're using all this fantastic content to do it too, like funny videos, kind of Dollar Shave style um, but I've been really um, impressed with what Jack and, and them have done. Super cool. Yeah. Are you able to make an introduction to those uh, those uh, two uh, individual companies? Yeah, yeah, definitely. So walk us through the process for our listeners who say, hey, this sounds really cool. I have an agency. I don't have an agency. If they wanted to connect with you, learn more, see if they're a fit um, and start a discussion, how would they do that? Yeah, so there's two ways. And by the way, um, we do have a super nice perk for folks from this podcast. So basically, we'll give them some free ad boosts. Um, we'll, we'll bump them a tier so they have their own growth specialists and a couple other fun perks. So if anyone is interested, they can um, they can reach out to my team and just mention you and your podcast and we'll hook them up. But the way to, to connect with us is to check out our URL, our website, which is brands.com clickly.com. So that will take them straight to the brand's um, offering from Clickly. And Clickly is spelled K-L-I-C-K-L-Y, Clickly. So they go to brands.clickly.com or uh, they can always just hit me up on um, on Instagram. I'm just at Cooper Harris. Super good. Now, any, uh, any parting thoughts uh, that you want to leave with us before we wind up? Um, you know, I, I think about this and, you know, 
over the next six, 12 months, I think, you know, we might see some really curious things happen with the market. E-commerce is really well situated though, given that we're all online. So I would just remind brands like it's about grit. It's about perseverance. It's about um, making those decisions to really be smart and risk-free in your advertising, uh, stay lean, and then um, and then remember, remember to own your consumers. That relationship <laughs> is what will get you through um, any potential weirdness or downturn that we might have. Yeah, the, yeah, I appreciate that. I mean, I, I I remember saying to somebody, so remember when we talked about building your email list, you didn't think you needed to do that. How how would you like to have a really nice big list now? Yeah. Um, yeah. So like you said, own your data, own your platform, um, own the customer relationship. Um, yeah. Oh, oh, and potentially think about putting in a subscription now so you can build up a nice subscriber base, you know, in the next month or two. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's never too late. I mean, the days yeah. I said to someone, the great news about uh, about this big crisis we've gone through is we don't have to have a discussion with brands anymore about should they be online? That, that yeah. discussion, that, spoke, yeah. that ship has sailed. Yep. Um, so the next thing is, what's your online presence going to look like? Yes. And in terms of uh, being digital, now the whole world knows what Zoom is, whether or not they're a business or a consumer or my mother-in-law or whoever else. <laughs> Everyone knows what Zoom is. So, um, you know, get, get with it or you're going to miss the miss this opportunity. Yeah, t- totally agree. Couldn't agree more. Wise words. Well, I want to say thanks. I appreciate you taking time. Um, I really love the conversation. I could talk to you for a long time, but I know you've got uh, clients to serve. So I want to respect your time and say thanks for sharing and thanks for being a guest. Thank you, Doug. This was so much fun. Well, there you go, listeners. Another episode of Real Marketing Real Fast. Um, I really appreciate that uh, Cooper can speak quickly as well. Um, that's kind of the way I like to listen to my podcast at one and a half speed. You can probably listen to this one at just one time, one X. Uh, lots of valuable information. Uh, I did a deep dive and looked at um, all the background of the company and her social media. There's lots of information there. I'd highly recommend that you have a look. And so for me, um, you know, how can you not recommend risk-free advertising? Um, so have a look. Check it out. I just want to say thanks for tuning in and we look forward to serving you on our next episode. That's all for this episode of Real Marketing Real Fast. Now it's time to take your marketing to the next level by visiting DougMorneau.com and downloading our advanced marketing white papers as well as exclusive resources based on today's episode. That's DougMorneau.com. Until next time, we look forward to serving you right here on Real Marketing Real Fast.